two, one. And welcome from the hottest place on earth, everyone, also known as uh, Amsterdam. How is uh, rainy England for you, Xeno? It's amazing. It's great. It's like the best thing in the world, in including the rain. The rain's good. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. Oh, my God. So how's it going, man? Yeah, it's good. Apparently, it's hit like 40 degrees centigrade in like France and things. And there's like some genuine, genuine warnings of you know, bad temperature times. Yeah, we, we, we've we hit like 35s and higher and they're already like, you know, emergency situation. But they have an emergency situation where there's like one drop of snow and they're just like, oh, my God. So, you know, it's I, I always take these warnings for, for, for what it is, but it's pretty hot. Yep. Talking about something that's really hard, the topic of this week. What is it, Xeno? Must not belch. Must refuse to belch. I belched. Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> I, feel, I feel gross. No, that's not actually the topic this week. So the topic this week is something that has come to light from my friends and returning players of Warframe. Is, is Warframe really new player and casual player or you know returning player friendly and we're going to go into this so a little background to this um friend of mine uh named i think he's cypher invictus or he's sensei he changes his name so much he's actually loz's brother mm -hmm. and he recently came back to warframe because we're going to tenocon and he hadn't played since I think I want to say 2017 when the Plains of Eidolon had come out. You know, he didn't play Eidolon, he didn't play the Sacrifice, he didn't do Fortuna, he, had, he hadn't touched it at all for years, right? Mm -hmm. And he came back, and the first thing we started to look for him to do is the Sacrifice. And he massively struggled to do it because he didn't have any amps. He's barely done anything with his operator. He hasn't got the experience. And the sacrifice has a huge cliff of playability based on, or difficulty, based on are you able to do the previous stuff? You know, have you experienced the previous stuff? So this is the sort of topic we'll be actually discussing. And I don't know how much you remember, Michelle, but what was your experience way back when with Warframe's uh, new player experience. Does that make sense? Yeah, the, um, and how my first months were as a new player and understanding the things of the game. So yep. I had an entirely different experience than most people have right now. Um, I think we call that Purgatory 2013, where if you joined the game, it would just be like this white area and it would just have like holograms of Grenier and you would like fight it and it wouldn't be like the tutorial we have today that said it took me about three months to figure out that we had abilities in the game because we still have these ability mod cards that you had to throw in your warframe and i remember ranking a warframe all the way up to 30 and then my cousin invited me to play and he was like why are you not using your abilities and i was like we have abilities we have abilities but of course that's entirely different from when i was a new player to to do how to show us right now is I think for me it's really hard to comment on that but I was a bit of a slow learner the mod system was something that I only really figured out after like a year or so as to like how to efficiently mod and how that worked but 
I was alright. Like, I was enjoying Warframe, but it wasn't all directly clear to me from the start. Yeah, no, I can appreciate that. When I first started playing Warframe, it was... I, I don't know what this purgatory year of 2013 thing is, but when... Assassin's Creed had it as well. What, the, what was... I'll see if I can look it up. Go go, go on, and I'll, I'll sure. see if I can look okay, it up. Okay, cool. So when we first started, we started during, I think it was like Operation Slingstone or something like this. And many of the... Many of our clan members basically said, oh, no, you're too low level to do this. You know, you're not appropriately mm -hmm. geared to do this. And it was a bit of a bear, uh, a bugbear for, for Loz and I. But it doesn't matter. We were still enjoying the game to no end. Um, we were playing back when damage was... I think it was just like, you know, just IPS. That I don't think there was any... God, there definitely wasn't any elemental damage types. There weren't any combo damage types. I don't think. Mm -hmm. I might be wrong. It's really hard to remember. I, you know, this, We're talking years and years and years yeah. ago now. When it was, yeah, um, and it was a huge jump to to learn how to even war run. When we started bringing new players into the game, our first thing to do was actually teach them how to war run because it was so difficult. Mm -hmm. So, I think Warframe has come a long way since the early days, but I'm not sure if it's really there. I noticed that you just swapped us to US. Yeah, yeah, we, we were having some some synchronizing issues. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, it Yeah. So. So uh, yeah. No, like finish up. Well, I pretty much did finish right. off. But okay. how, do do you have any follow up? All right. So one thing that I think there is there is a core within our new player experience that hasn't changed when it comes to Warframe because it's still Warframe and it's still the Warframe game. But I do think that there is a massive difference into how new players enter the game and what kind of systems there are as you said there weren't the there weren't the dual um stat damages and like there was so much when we joined in that wasn't there that well that wasn't there then and that is there now so i think that when like i don't know how much i can talk about my new player experience given how much has changed so hmm. I want to highlight Colt Daylight, who uh, has just said in the chat, as a new player myself, I can say that Warframe has a very steep learning curve and a lot, of, a lot of information in the game to help you get a good grip on the basics of the game. So I think that... Uh, yeah, go ahead. I certainly agree with this, right? Mm -hmm. Also, thank you, Cold Daylight, because that, that's helped us usher yeah. this conversation. Um, I think that... Warframe doesn't do a brilliant job at teaching people how to do certain things, mm -hmm. right? Its tutorial system is very heavily reliant on external resources. So we're talking uh, wiki content creators. Guides. I was trying no 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 content creators. I was trying to point to both you and I. And yeah, I was like, oh. yes. Content creators. Wikis, yes. Mm -hmm. You know, there are streams, Twitch streams, you know, there are so many 
external resources that are so they are suitable and not suitable for a game like Warframe at the same time. The thing that really would help Warframe is something to direct people to these external resources, especially the damn wiki, right? Without foreknowledge that the wiki even exists, mm-hmm. what the hell are you supposed to do? Well, should the game do that? Like, the, 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 that's my question on that. Should the game reference tutorials, wikis, external resources? Because um, I know as a reference that over the past years, one of the things that's been sometimes discussed is that people offered, hey, there are so many great tutorial and Warframe review videos. Why don't you link those of your partners? Why don't you link them in the game so that people can go to them? But at the same time, Right now, instead of having that, you now have these little fi- these little videos. If you hover over the ability cards, you can kind of see what they do, and you can figure it out yourself. And I'm a big proponent of the game needs to provide everything. So if there's something on the wiki, and let's say there is like a, a lore thing. Let's take, for example, the ghouls. I don't really think the ghouls still exist to me. Because they haven't really been introduced and I don't know much about them other than that they appear. And you can say, well, it's on the wiki. Well, it's it's in the comics. I don't consider that part of the game. As long as it's not served to you within the game, yes, it may exist, but it doesn't really exist in the game experience. So I think that referencing to something like a wiki is really, really useful, especially right now. And maybe it's it's a really useful thing to do if Warframe does not have the resources yet or hasn't made those available within the game, but I don't think it should be their end game, pardon the pun, to have new players go into Warframe and then have this message of like, go to the wiki, go to the videos, go to the Twitch streams and check out the information and learn how to play this game. I think it should be inside the game. I agree. It's it's difficult because... If you have resources that take you away from the game, then what's to say you'll end up back there? It's one of the big things of being a content creator is making sure that you are doing enough to keep the user journey going. This might sound really daft, but if you get to the end of a YouTube video and you're like, oh, now what? You'll just close the tab down, right? So when you finish watching a YouTube video, you will have options. You'll have end slate cards that mm-hmm. are created by content creators trying to navigate you to where they want you to go, which is great. Then you'll actually have suggestions populated after the video has disappeared. So like the vi- video closes away and then they'll actually put the thumbnails of all the videos mm-hmm. in front of you, right? The next thing that they'll do is have suggestions on the right hand side. Right, so if you're not in full picture mode or whatever, and you can actually see these suggestions, that is another way of doing it. And even so, sometimes the top one of the suggestion, or most of the time, the top one of the suggestion is the next video in the playlist, which is brilliant, right? So that that is a big part of the user journey. So if you quickly and violently, uh, quickly, violently, abruptly, I mean, how many words can I describe this? you go and take your players and send them outside of the game 
that's not good for your game no you know you are throwing them so one of the best things to do in my opinion do up the codex right massively do up the codex move the data from the wiki because that wiki a is horrible the amount of javascript that happens in the background is just yeah you need a bloody specialized web browser to take that thing but anyway then have it link to so if you're like oh these are all the different resources you can click on this info button in the game and it'll pop up you'll make a pop-up which is basically linking to the wiki page of that resource right mm -hmm. so you're not directly removing them from the game you are still edging them forward with information that's populated by an external resource but then it becomes super complicated because you have to make sure that that resource is safe you know if someone's came along and then started writing profanity all over that wiki page right that's not good for the game mm -hmm. right and de would be responsible because technically it's in the game yeah so, so no like i fully agree with that we need to work the codex needs to be worked on i think that the codex was intended as the in-game wiki but the wiki remained to be far superior if you were looking for knowledge what i'm more interested though in that like i think everyone can agree that i need to switch cameras i think that everyone can agree that the codex being improved is a good thing and is something that needs to happen sooner rather than later however i want to focus more on what are some of the biggest up uphill challenges that warframe comes across especially for new players and casual players but we're focusing on the new player experience now so i kind of want to turn to cold daylight here in chat or anyone else that's a new player or has recently been a new player if you're here in chat or in the comments of the video let us know what what were the biggest challenge moments because you know I highlighted one of his friend Cypher who when he was doing the sacrifice quest had to use his amp which he hadn't used before and no, he didn't have one that was the point he didn't even have one no because he hadn't done the planes so he didn't have an amp and all of a sudden he had to fight with his amp in a fight that was pretty challenging which was yep. from zero to basically from zero to 100 in no time so where are the challenges and how could how could those things be fixed and are there a lot of those challenges are there a few of those challenges i think that that's really interesting because a codex could fix something with a lot of information however if the codex having more information would be the fix i don't think that's the fix for everything so i kind of want to like zero into specific cases in particular Sakuma says mods. What do you have to say on mods? Honestly, the mod system is kind of poorly explained. There's one thing that is never explained in the tutorial of the mods, which is how you rank them up. Right? Mm -hmm. I got uh, a friend of mine to start playing. He never really continued because he's much more of a uh, one-and-done gamer. So like, he likes games that have endings to them. Right? Mm -hmm. But he started playing Warframe and he went, you know, he, he got a load of mods like Serration and whatever. And it's like, oh man, you could get like rank 10 versions of Serration? And he thought that 
the further you got into the game, the higher rank version of the mod you actually got. He didn't realize that you could rank up the mods himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah? It's not explained anywhere in the tutorial. He like, you know, I had to sit him down and basically say, you can do this. If you want to max out that damaged serration to rank three, you can do this via this method because the game does not take, uh, teach you how to do this at all. So how do they explain the mod system? Do you remember? So that? it's more, yeah, it's more a case of when it's, it's a, <laughs> it's a diorama, right? Mm-hmm. Multi-part diorama where from the codex you can go, right, okay, so tell me about the mods and everything. And they will tell you how you can equip the mods in your different pieces of uh, equipment, your different piece of gear. You can gain bonuses from doing so. You know, if you put vitality on it, you'll increase your health of your Warframe. How the polarities matching reduces the cost by half, round it up. And what was the um, mismatch increases the cost? Or aura mods, like they explain nearly everything apart from mods that you won't see until much later on in the game, like ribbons, uh, primed mods, stuff that's only available accessible through the login system. They don't explain any of that, and they don't explain how to rank it up. So, you said it's a diorama. Does that pop up when you, like, through the starter quest, like, you go to the mod system and it pops up, or do you have to go into the codex, and then the codex shows that? I'm very sure you have to go into the codex, or I'm very sure there's a tutorial button in the UI. So it's oh god, no, I think it's in the foundry. Yeah, sorry, not the foundry, the the mod terminal. You go into the mod terminal, and one of the buttons in the bottom is like tutorial, and you can access it there, or you can access it in the codex. It's in the same place, and it it's just got like this gating of accessibility that's just like did you really think this through all right so i see cold daylight saying yeah as well you have to go to the codex um to me i've been playing i've been playing warfare for a long time but to reference another game that i'm playing recently and i think you've played as well it's this mobile game called epic seven it's it's quite a fun game and there is a lot to this game into how you can build your characters what kind of equipment you can throw on the characters and there's a bunch of question marks everywhere you click. There's like a question mark and you can ask for help. I'm a player that doesn't do that because I don't like reading. I want to play. So I can understand very well that people don't read that, that people don't see that. If it's not shoved into their face, it's really hard to see. What I would love to see for a tutorial experience of mods, because I think that the mod system in Warframe is a really, really great thing as to how you can show your personality within the way that you build your frames, within the way that you like your playstyle. What I would love is for some basic things to be explained, which already you mentioned were explained, is to how placing certain mods will give you half the cost or double the cost, how placing certain mods will give you vitality, will give you extra health. And I think there was another one. I don't know. But one of the things that you mentioned, I want to have, I want to have uh, added to that as well. Like, how do you rank them up? I think that this should be more of a guided experience. Um, I, I have the, uh, the Purgatory uh, 2014 footage of uh, 
of uh, Assassin's Creed right here. This is kind of what Warframe looked like back in the day. So I couldn't find the Warframe footage, but right here, this is kind of like you, you have this white place and things were kind of like rendered here. It will take you know, a while until you see it on stream. But I would like something like this, maybe in the simulacrum. That would be a great thing to explain, well, though maybe not at the start. But I would like to see a place where it's like, hey, let's go into the mod system and then slap on the fatality. You have to put on the fatality yourself. It's like your health increases. Let's put on a let's put on the uh, damage mods. All right. Let's put on two elemental mods and then we have corrosive and fire that at the grenier. A corrosive is very effective against the grenier. Look at that. Now let's swap that around for magnetic. Fire that at the corpus. That is effective. Let's try let's try heat for the infest. I think that is mentioned in the in the in the second quest, which is um which is once awake, where they actually give you a heat mod to fight the infested because heat is effective against the infested, which is a good thing. But it needs to be more hand guided, where it's like, okay, now let's rank now here's some endo, rank up this mod. Because it took me a long time to understand which elements worked with which enemies. And like I kinda knew like I kinda knew heat for infested, but the rest I didn't know. And I think status chance and crit chance, as easy as they are to me, I also remember the time that I didn't understand anything of it. I just threw on damage mods, even though it's very simple. It's if you if you have a high crit chance, crit chance will give you the damage multiplier. If it's high, you build up for it. You can build up for it, which is pretty easy. You can also not do that, but most likely you'll do it. And status chance will allow you to proc. So if that's high, you can build up for that. And the more elements you put on, like the more procs you can get, and the different combinations will be more effective against certain enemies. Like that is valuable information, which you don't really get for reading that thing. So I think it should be more of a, instead of a reading text from a screen thing, should be more of a, you kind of like, you're, you're kind of like, do it, try it. Because you learn from doing it. I so one thing you may not be aware of mm -hmm. is that one of the junction requirements within the star chart require you to rank up a mod, mm -hmm. right? But it doesn't tell you how to do it, right? And it's just like okay, so that is an incentive to either go outside of Warframe to find the answer or to flat out just give up, right? Mm -hmm. Which I don't think is the right course of action. If anything, Ordis should turn around and say, oh, you know, you have to rank up this mod. Let me show you how. And sort of like edges you on to... Oh, God, the... The, the process. Arsenal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, basically it, it takes you through the process of ranking up a mod which I think is the best course of action. But right now, you got nothing. And like I'm very sure that there are plenty of people out there that do not have the mentality to just go away and find out. They, they'd have more of a give up mentality because you know they could be playing Air Automata. They could be playing Mario Maker 2. They could play playing something that is more intuitive because as everyone has basically said, Warframe has an extremely steep learning curve. So I actually wanted to read some more example read some more prominent examples from chat because there's one more that I want to add to that, which almost killed Warframe for me. 
I almost quit Warframe at Mastering 2 or 3. But let me read into chat as to what people are saying. So... Studio Steve says, Wikis are great for more in-depth info, metadata, drop chance, etc. The game needs more focus on introduction to the fundamentals of the game. Cold Daylight says, I don't do a lot of planes because all of the quests are somehow geared for squads and I play a lot of solo. That is an interesting thing. I also want to talk about, about like, how is it for a solo player? Because regardless of whether you are, whether you like playing solo or not, it, I found when I started on the Xbox One and the PS4, a lot of general nodes don't really have a lot of players active so if you don't have friends you'll find yourself playing alone by yourself quite a lot of times especially with quests a lot of times i have to do that solo unless i do them stream but not everyone has a stream cold daylight says also explain mods how to upgrade them you have to go to codex syndicates remy says is what confused him the most and yeah i think that that is like syndicates the mod system so, do you want do you want to jump on the solo thing? I'm yeah, I'm happy to jump on the solo thing. The syndicate's problem I don't truly understand. Um, maybe it was because it was I was eased into it so much, but or maybe I was just too high uh, MR before I actually so found it a problem. I think the syndicate's released while we were active with Warframe and we knew what was coming. I am with Xbox and I ha- I'm with my Xbox and PS4 accounts. I have enjoyed a syndicate because there's not really given a reason to. It's not really told like, "Hey, look at all these guys. You can join them. You just have to like put on a schedule and you'll gain experience for it." But there's nothing. Ge- I think that that is the core. That that's one of the core things. It's yes, you can find the information, but you really have to look for it. And I think that's part of the complexity of Warframe. Let, let me try and go down this road because. Instead of looking at um, anecdotal evidence of where people found problems, let's see if we can see what the commonality is between them and where the core issues are. Because one of the things that I'm thinking about is with regards to a model system, with regards to syndicates, where some people ease in and some people just don't. Yes, the info is around, but you have to dig a little bit. And it would be nice if things could be popped up to your face. It's like, well, today we're going to be looking for syndicates. So today we're going to talk about syndicates. So you go past them. You know, you have to, you have to go past them. You have to like walk past them. This is a step with what I would love to see with the mods. It's like you have to pick up the mod, put it in there, pick up the crit mod so you can see the crit chance change. You're going to have to pick up your elemental mod so you can see the elements change and how they affect each other. But at the same time, Warframe is really, really complex. Where, like, if you were to do that, I can also understand that, yeah, you'd, you'd be spending a day just being forced to go everywhere. And, if, and like, if we look at the amps of the example of the casual player that, that's returning, the amps is such a small thing. If you think about that, you can only get it from the Plains of Eidolon and outside, like, if you've never used the operator, which you don't need to use. It's a really nice thing. But you don't need to use them. Like, we've played years without them. Dad, it's one of the many, many things in Warframe, which is not, which for the complexity people might miss. And then later on discover that they need it. All of a sudden out of the blue when the game expects you to already know about them. So... I think my point is that 
one of the problems is one of the main problems I see is the game's complexity in both the the way of guiding players through each of the systems and having players be aware that these systems even exist and become somewhat proficient in them. So one of the biggest things that I found amazing on the Warframe forums is players helping players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nothing, you know, to write home about. But the fact that players can go on there and they can readily see, like, this is a list of the changes since the last. So they they had this forum post which has the date when it when it happened. And then here's a small list of the changes. And then there's another date and then a list of the changes. So you can actually backtrack and go, right, when when did I last play and see all the changes that you've done, so that mm-hmm. you've experienced, right? Personally, I think Warframe could do with having that in-game. Yeah? So it's a simple case of, right, the game remembers this is when you last played, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know... Cypher doesn't truly remember when he last played. All we know is he never went to the planes. Yeah, so he could have quit months before that. We know it was sometime between the the planes and I want to say the war within. I think that's the right order. War within, the war planes. within yeah. yeah. So it was sometime between those two, but we don't know exactly when. So it'd be useful to actually, you know, lock boot into the game and for the first week. You know, when you first log in, it tells you this is all the stuff that's changed. And then for the first week, there is like a button in the bottom right hand corner of your UI. Whenever you hit escape, it's like, you know, the remember the changes or these are the changes or whatever. And then that way, you can easily follow what's different. Yeah. So let me see. I think I have three questions about that. Because mm-hmm. I think it could work. Number one would be, when would that kick in? Because if I don't log in for a day, would I see, well, you missed two hotfixes. I think that I that don't would, think you would. That would miss it. Number two would be, how does that deal with the complexity of Warframe? Because if I don't log in for about three years, which is very well possible. You played it for two years, you come back after three years. Your list is gonna be immense. If it like either either it's gonna be compact, but that means that if I haven't played for like half a year, there would be nothing on it. Because if you want to make it really compact, then with the way that Warframe releases things, you're not gonna have a lot on that list. But if it's gonna be kind of like extensive so that if you haven't played for half a year it shows like there's this new game mode, there's this new boss, there's this new Warframe I don't know what info is going to be put on there, but then your list will be very extensive. And then I don't think, I think that's going to be less effective. I, I don't know, because if I if I were to log in, it's like it's an entire list because I haven't played for three years. I don't know whether that helps a lot with the complexity. And the third thing is how hard would it be for DE to log the data for every individual player and keep track of that. But- you don't need to uh, log the the data for every individual player. You need to log the list of when a patch went out and what the small things are. But you'll know when the player last logged in. That's all you have to do. You just compare mm-hmm. point one to point uh, two. You know when did the thing go out? When did they last log in? 
Um, I think for some players, it will certainly be helpful. I don't think it would be revolutionary. And I think a lot of players that, you know, may be up to scratch with, you know, watching content creators or what have you, they'll they'll just close it and just go, oh, I'm just going to jump in and start playing straight away, you know. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's for everyone, but I think it's certainly a solution for some people. So what kind of people would this be a solution for? Because okay, for example, yeah. for example, Hearthstone have this, right? Whenever uh, an update goes live or, you know, whenever they change the statistics of a card and you haven't logged in for a long time, you start it up and it goes, right, these cards have been changed, yeah? Mm -hmm. And they actually list you out and they highlight what's being changed, yeah? So... You know that certainly does it and yes it's a lot more user-friendly than the likes of here's a bullet point list right you could you could simplify it you could just say 132 new weapons have been added to uh the game right 12 new warframes have been added to the game three of them are prime you know um actually that's kind of ambitious but you know um you but you get the point you could you could dumb it down right so it's like easily more digestible and then maybe you could click in and you could get like a breakdown of these are the warframes that have been added you know you can get them from these quests or these are the weapons that have been added mm -hmm. you know you can get them from clan research um barrow Katia, the relics so on and so forth so yeah? if you want to go into mm -hmm. that level of detail See, the question that I have, how many people do you think actively go to the Codex to find information? Like, like a rough percent. How many, like, like, like how many players would do that? Like, go to the Codex and read through the information? I think... I can't give you a percentage, but I'm pretty sure that... out of the people that do not visit the wiki mm -hmm. i think I, I would estimate a third of those people would read the codex all right so right? the other two thirds would either not bother looking or mm -hmm. just learn as they play so that would be two thirds of people that don't go into the codex of those, that's my estimate. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, well let, 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 let's take that as like a as like an estimate because we can't really know these numbers. But I think I can. I would kind of agree with you. I think that there is a group of players that really will read into things, but there's also a really large group of players that are casual players that are like yeah. me. When I open up another game, it's like I just I'll just play. I'll figure it out as I go along. So when you're introducing this feature where it's like you have this list of all the things that have been added and you can make it as compact or detailed as you want would um like what majority of players would be interested in that like like, like we, we have these two groups people that read the codex and like go in depth on that and we have the people that are just casual players that just play as they go would like like okay so like the thing that the thing that i that, that i'm thinking about that, that, that like the, the point I, i'm trying to get at is that i believe that players that will read the codex and will look for information 
those are the players that will actually read that thing. But they would already go out and find that information. And players that are very casual and players that are like, I'll figure it out as I go along, that don't read the codex, that need that information for when they run into a sacrifice and all of a sudden, oh shit, I need a amp. I don't know what an amp is. And they're not even good at the amp because they've never used it. Those players will click that thing away. So I think it's not so much a case of um, new players, old players, returning players, who uses what information. I think the, the there's actually a YouTube original series that made a joke at this. The, the series is called Good Game, and I do heavily recommend people at least go watch the first episode and maybe consider spending a few pounds or dollars or whatever to go watch the rest of it. It stars the Game Grumps. <gasps> Drew likes the Game Grumps. Ooh. Anyway, <laughs> but the series is called Good Game, and in the first few minutes of the series, it talks about um, tournament-level, esports-level playing of a MOBA that's made up for the series and they talk about there being gamers and then there being players right gamers game players play if we catch you playing you're out you know but the whole point was that gamers are very they're the sort of people that micro uh, manage so not micromanage um min max that's the word i was they, they min max they look for the best numbers they look for um they have a very strong sense of how to play anything because they have years and years of uh, playing any other game like you know first person shooters i know how to play first person shooters i'm expecting there to be a reload button i'm expecting there to be a crouch button i'm expecting there to be a jump button right i'm expecting to be able to look around with my mouse i'm able expecting to be able to uh look down the iron sights with my right mouse button i'm expecting mm -hmm. No, because I have so much experience built up behind it. But then there are plenty of players out there that don't have that level of experience with a variety of games. And, you know, though they have very keen interest in whatever they're playing, for example, maybe they have keen interest in Warframe, but they don't have third-person, you know, shooter experience, they might turn around and find a resource like the what i'm proposing this update checklist you know this update board post or whatever to be very useful but i think for gamers like myself and i you know certainly yourself and probably the majority of the audience they wouldn't find it useful because they have this keen sense of just being able to pick up and play but for players like Cypher Invictus and my other friends, uh, Cthulhu, they aren't, <laughs> I hate to say this, they aren't gamers, they are players. So actually, like, this is the thing that I'm worried, that I'm kind of worried about, because I think that what you're proposing would be really good for returning gamers and not good for returning players. Because if I'm a, if I'm a gamer, going by the definition of a gamer is someone that will dive into the game and try to min-max things and try to, like, you know, with their experience, be the best that they are. If I return to a game after a long time as a gamer, I want to know what changed. I want to know what's been added. I want to know whether there are new systems. I want to know whether there's a new focus system, a new amp. Like, I'd be really interested if I log in and be like, 
oh my god, there's a list. New mods have been added. What kind of mods have been added? What kind of things have been added? I'd be really interested in that. But if I am a player and it's there is different gradations within players. If we go with players that are just like that are not the gamer type but the player type. Not in that you're not a gamer but just like the way that you play. Like going by the definition that we established as gamer and player. There's different gradations within players. But I can very well understand as we talked about last week with the end game discussions about the um, quick rewards that younger generations are looking for. And mm-hmm. especially like the more prevalent mobile games that there's a well I don't want to throw out numbers but there is a certain amount of players that won't even be interested because in in like reading a list because they'll just skip past it because they don't know what it means if you say mods have been added they might not know what it means they will not go into it they I I, I think that it's more a gamer thing to be looking for for a list like that and be be captivated by it and find that useful because if i would if i if, if i'm just taking this as like a game that i have on my mobile and just like i tap away and like i pick up call of duty and i just i just grab my controller and i shoot because i don't need to know two buttons and like my control sticks and if i then go to warframe and they say amps have been added then i'm like i don't know what that word means skip so this is where i would argue against that right i think a gamer wouldn't bother looking for that information within game because they already know that they're not going to get the detail they want they want to know what are the ips values of the new guns that have come in they want to know a comparison between these weapons they're not going to get that in the game they're going to get that from the wiki and i don't even think for a second uh, a returning gamer would even bother looking at the internal systems of what DE will put into Warframe, only because they know that there are external resources that are even better. I mean, same with mobile game. I don't even bother looking at the in-game help. I just look it up on uh, a wiki or on a Reddit, right? Same with um, God, like, I'm trying to look up I'm, you know, I, I've been programmed not to bother trying to find the solution in the game but to find a solution out of the game because i can i can ask the game itself game how do i equip an amp oh well you see you must go through this long quest of reddit how do i equip an amp go to here you know it's much faster so i was gonna ask you like would you look up the the list of things what changed in the meantime outside but actually like you answered that question at the start of the of the of the podcast about like the, the help players helping players list like what did i miss yeah. so that is there but i would consider myself more on the gamer end than the player end because i do yeah. like to dive into into deep mechanics however like interesting enough i i i will reference the epic seven game again because this is this is a game that i played pretty seriously around the new years and then dropped because it was taking so much time and then last week someone mentioned it and I was like well let me update it again let me see what it is and a lot has changed however that is a game that I didn't care about for months because I just put it down and I've come back and I'm like okay what has changed I don't know however I'm not I, I will not go over the Reddit of the thing. I will not go over, like, the webpage of that thing. Because I don't really have the time to 
bother with that. Like, if it's in the game, I want to, like, see what the game mechanics are about. And if there's a game mechanic that I don't understand, I will look that up. But I don't know whether there's such a resource exists for it. Maybe it does, but I will have to look for it, which will take me, like, time. And I don't have that time, even though I do want to find that information. So I think me being... I'm probably more... I'm, I'm more a gamer player than a than a gamer gamer. And, yeah, like like... like, like Gamer player being like a gamer who is more like yeah we're getting into into like weird categories, but I just want to say yeah even though like this might sound a bit counterintuitive first mm -hmm. off right there's nothing wrong with being either a gamer or a player mm -hmm. right I hate the fact that the only way to really describe this is some weird nuanced thing that's just like hey look you know tiny minor distinction. But well, it's I, more the definition works because either like in in the idea in, in the word gamer, it's like you're gaming the system. So you're 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 using the loopholes that other people might not know about. So you're gaming the system. If you are a player, you're playing the game. And if you're playing the game, you play along with the rules. You, you play as though as it is intended. So they they work. And I think that they both yes. work. Yeah, I think they're actually pretty pretty applicable. It's just that we associate gamer more as like everyone is a gamer because they game, and then at the same time we, we also use players. So I don't think I don't. Yeah, it's. I I'd gotta... also like take a pot shot at myself here and say that you know you, you have um, players and then you have no lifers, right? I'm yeah. totally a no lifer, right? <laughs> so so uh, so, yeah. so, so, so like the, this is the thing. I would have loved actually to have a guest on that is not as no live warframe as we are because the fact that i will wiki the trivia up for 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 things on in warframe to find minute details it has something to do with the videos but like that is an insane amount of detail that i that i go into 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 warframe for i don't do that with every every game so maybe if we link it to another game but we're focusing on warframe's experience of that but yeah like i think we're both no lifers in that sense about warframe exactly so right okay i want to take this on a little bit of a tangent let's talk about the so we we've i think we just spent a long while on the the returning player experience let's talk about what happens after vor's prize mm -hmm. right so this is quite a bone of contention with Vor's prize you 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 know you've gone from earth where you've started all the way through venus all the way through Mercury, killed him and you've basically got access to the first three planets oh god can i just, just give you random tidbit of advice right when you have a shower don't inhale the soap my nose is going nuts and it's like, you, you've probably seen me touch my nose constantly this entire thing. I'm sorry, I'm not doing it on purpose. My nose is really itchy because of it. Sorry, I'm just, like, really mentally aware that I'm doing it, and it's driving me up the wall. Don't worry. So, at least... Yeah. At least soap is a, is a legally white substance that you can sniff up. It's not recommended, but... <laughs> it's legal. not recommended at all. Oh, my God. Oh, this is driving me up the wall. Sorry. Don't inhale the soap, guys. Don't inhale the soap, right? So, where, uh, what was I saying? I can't remember. I've been thrown off by the, the nose itching. What was I saying, Michelle? 
I'm just thinking. Okay. Fourth prize. Fourth prize. Yeah, fourth prize. Oh, what happens after fourth prize? I can do this. Believe you in can myself. do it. I, I know what I'll do. I'll snort this Pepsi Max now. Yeah. So, um, fourth prize. What happens after fourth so prize? You've unlocked the first three After fourth prize, yeah. you've, got, you've unlocked the first three planets. You then have access to um, all of Earth. Right, because mm -hmm. it's railroaded you to begin with. You can then go to the plains of Eidolon, but there's no incentive to do anything. And I personally feel this is a huge fumble on DE's part. There's no ultimate goal, right, mm -hmm. of what you should do. You know, a new player, completed Force Prize, they don't even know the second dream exists. I assume that the entire audience here have all played the second dream and the war within and the sacrifice and everything else right but well, go on i think i think you read something really really interesting because the way that i remember warframe when mm. i started was just to uh, point out um Cold Daylight has turned around and said that they've not done Every, yeah. everything. They really so, just started, which is really, really yeah. cool. So, but what was I saying? Okay, so when I started, the idea of Warframe, there were no quests, there were no lines. It was just do missions. Do missions, acquire everything. So I think that there is a part of the Warframe player base and Warf part of Warframe's history was through that. However, we now have very interesting quests but there is no narrative to it. And the only narrative we're given, and this is where I think that Force Prize is a weird, weird quest, is that you start off and you have a pretty solid narrative with you being um, waking up because Captain Four is about to capture you. And then you go and, 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 and then you escape and then you have to acquire weapons. You have to acquire some resources and then you have to take off the thing that he put on you and then you have to kill him. And I think that's a bad thing. You shouldn't have to kill Four because... Basically, the narrative that you're being given is, all right, so you're a Tenno, who's a pretty good warrior, but you've been asleep, and you're woken up because four is like this one hostile thing is trying to capture you and do weird things with you, kinky things with you. And... Patrick, by the way. Yeah. And then you have this narrative where you're like, okay, you've woken up, your primary goal is to survive, so you survive, and you, take, you get rid of him, you get rid of him, and then the arc is done then the story is done. Then there is no narrative reason as to why you should go on and why you should care about anything. And this is one of the things that I criticized the planes for when it came out, is there's no narrative reason to go to the planes. You just have to stumble upon it. So I think that that's a really good thing. What, you're, what you mentioned is that, like, Force Prize ends. I think that's a bad thing. Force Prize should it's, not end. Because where you go? No, it's, it's, it's worse than that. So... Personally, if I could change it, I would make it so that you finish Vor's Prize and then Lotus turns around and says, I'm receiving a strange signal from, uh, I want to say Uranus, which I think is where you get the... Yeah, that's the sentience. Is that I, where you get the, that, uh, the second the, dream The from? second dream where, where you can scan the sentience. I, I would even say like... Go, yeah. go and incentivize the players to go to a node and then do once wake, like incentivize them to like I'm getting something from from here or be like we've discovered this location 
on on Earth, where we have people go there and find out. Like, yes, kind of hint at Uranus, but that's a long way away. Like, yes, seriously, yeah. that's a long way away. And if the Lotus mentions mentions once, like you're gonna forget about it. So I would rather say like move people to move between quests because like then they then they then they kind of learned that hey you know there's 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 a quest build up there is some quests in this game that I can actually play there's a narrative structure because if I great example destiny I am not a no liver in destiny so the way that I played destiny was I would go in and I would just follow where the thing went where the quest icon was, I would go there. And I would go wherever it said it would go. And it would unlock the planets for me. And I would just follow it along. And sometimes I would go out and do the side quests. But I would just follow it along. In Warframe, you're 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 entirely having to look to create that thing. Like yeah. you don't know where it is. And yes, it might be in Uranus if you it's it's in Uranus. It It's yeah, in Uranus yeah, if you scan a drone. Yeah. Then it will pop up. It's like, well, how do you figure that out? How am I supposed yeah. to know that? You don't. And that is that is kind of like the second dream is the very first time that there's actually an indication of, hey, there's a story here. There's a story here. But that's not like, like yeah, there's no continuation on there. And I saw someone say in chat, uh, Nasut says, if you know what you're doing, you can knock out all the quests before MR8. If you have no idea what you're doing, you might not even realize that leveling up weapons is how you get mastery, as a friend of mine admitted. 100% true. And like one of the things that I wanted to point out with that is that yeah, if you know what you're doing, you will go to Uranus or whatever planet you want to go to. But I can also understand, because I might have done this, is that you're like, ooh, I found a survival mission. Let me do this 10 times to see whatever drops from here. Yeah. And you're gonna spend a lot of time there. So I think I think with very minimal effort they could weave the narrative ever so slightly. So maybe after Vor's prize, you could have it that um uh Lek Krill turns up, does some gargling at you. It translates to something like, you know, Vor will be avenged or something like that. Um and then when after you fought Let Krill or something, he turns around and says, "You know, uh, we've reconstructed Vor, or you know, um, you know, the the newly cloned Vor, or something, something like, you know." And again, like you you could, with just some minor dialogue additions, really usher the player on with the narrative. One of the biggest problems with the planes so i don't know if you're aware of this you keep looking at chat is there something that you want to jump on i just want to say f2 cag who um tried to improve omega weapon with prove me wrong but then spelled it wrong just as ah, omega weapon enough. did so i just went to post an f in there yeah so one of the biggest problems with the planes of Eidolon is the fact that they lined it up that you have to go to the planes before you can go to mars right so this gives a horrible misconception of what the planes is yeah you get to the planes you go there and then you're like oh this is the rest of warframe i am home i have arrived in liberty city and not realizing that there's a whole rest of a star chart behind the planes and i get it they really wanted to push players to experience the planes for themselves, really 
hype it up and everything, the whole marketing thing. I totally get it. I really get it. But the execution for new players was horrifically flawed. I don't know if you realize this. They changed uh, Sire's vigil. Did I? I, I feel yeah, like you, I mentioned you, this before. You, you mentioned this last week that they that Sire's vigil was first the quest that you used to get into the planes. You had to do that, and then you could do bounties. And now you can do them aside because otherwise people wouldn't be able to do yep. the, the bounties. But I agree. I think the execution of the planes was horribly. It was absolutely horrible. And you mentioned for the hype and for people to get into it. Even so, I think that one of the main problems with that is that you have to you enter you just have to click on the node and then all of a sudden it's like this intro thing it would have been so much better for returning players for the building of the universe for new players if right after force price there would be orders saying or or the lotus or the or, or orders coming around saying We've picked up something. We've picked up something strange from Earth. We got to investigate, and then you do this mission on Earth, and then maybe your your Grenier, your you have to get on a, on a Grenier dropship or whatever. You get on it like it crashes down, and it's like, wait, Tenno, where are you? Where did you go? Oh my God, this is, what is this? And you walk in, and it's like, oh my God, this is Cetus. We didn't know that this was here. It it feels way more meaningful when it's like established that the norm is is there is a normal mission but this is a special this is like a special this is like no one knew that this was here and boom here it is oh my but they didn't do it it's just like a note there and i can very understand because the planes final is a small progression world of its own and then you have fortuna which is also a small progression world of its own because you you will see as a new player that like the bounties go up and you'll see players that are really high mastery rank there. So it's like, well, most likely this is where I rank up. There's a more there's a longer start to it. And I actually think that we've touched on a very important top a very important point because at the start I I thought that it had to do a lot with the complexity of the game, which was the problem. And I think that there is still like a it's a struggle to go around how do you handle the complexity of the of a game this big and how do you make sure that people get used to things and I, I was I was kinda held back with while well, shoving it all, all in their face like a bit much. But I think that slowly introducing things over time, like what we said with have them be notified of quests or have them be notified of a planes of Eidolon kinda at this like like before you actually find it. So that they have an idea as to what's coming up. Give them an idea of what quest is coming up. And for casual returning players, give them an idea that an amp is coming up way before they have to use it in the sacrifice. Or give people an idea that they have to like that they have to use Darkwing way before you have to do is that to, to do that stupid Jordan's assassination where you have to use an Arcwing that's somewhat decent in killing something. It's it's like I think that that run-up thing is something that with all these systems that are problematic mods quests planes and weird assassination missions with with arcwing is missing because you're given very little clues about the game that you need it and now all of a sudden it goes from zero to 100 and yeah. then you need it i think the game has done better in the sense that it forces you to learn about these things with the junctions. 
you know, in order to get past, I, I, I think it's Mars. In order to get past Mars, you have to have built your Arcwing, right? Because I think it requires you to do some Arcwing missions. And mm -hmm. though that is good, at the same time, it's not enough of an incentive. It's like to to learn about these things because okay yeah we, we know about the different features and things or we can learn about the different features but there's no goal there's there's no um loot cave at the end of the tunnel there's no bat symbol in the sky we don't we don't know why we're filling out this star chart and it's only really the community being absolutely amazing that we even know go do the second dream what's the second dream we're not telling you just go do it mm -hmm. yeah if it wasn't for the fact that the community drives new players to go do these amazing things towards the end of the star chart you know i think warframe would not have as many new players as it does now so speaking of the community how much of a help do you think that the now discontinued guide of the Lotus program was to the Warframe new player experience or returning player experience? Because uh, without a doubt, casual new players that return most likely use that as well. Sorry, I'm just replying to uh, Valcio. Um... All right, so. Basically, the Guide of the Lotus program, for, for for those of you who might not be familiar with it, it's discontinued now, but it used to be a bunch of volunteers of more experienced Warframe players that would be picked up by DE to sit in relays. And then when people would come into relays or be in region chat and they'd post up a question, they would... Uh, hold on. They would answer that question and give them guidance as to when Barracketeer was coming, as to whatever they, they were asking... And they would help players until they no longer needed help. So I don't feel I can readily talk about guides only because they were introduced into the game much later than I I needed them, mm -hmm. right? And because of which it feels really I, I i don't know like did they do a good job did they do a bad job there was a crap ton of controversy behind them don't get me wrong um i think that a few bad apples spoiled the bunch um and i certainly think that some content creators could have done their best to be a little more tactful on how they presented the situation and even get their facts right. But, you know, some content creators decided to, pardon my language, shit all over it and uh, make out like a bandit. But did you think that there, in, in the concept of, of it, was an inherent worth for the game that could have sold... Or no, actually not solved, but be a temporary fix for the problem that we have right now. Because how you mentioned that the way that new players actually get into the game is because of the community push. I personally feel, 
that its execution was flawed not because of the people they had but how it was implemented having physical players in one small section of the game was not the best way of doing it if anyone knows me they know that i've played a truck ton of world of warcraft and how that did it was you hit escape or you clicked on the, the computer icon in your action bar you go to the help button and it would bring up a a, a glorified web form where you filled in uh, while you try and find this the the problem you then filled in the details and then it would send off a message to blizzard's in-game tech support or chat support right mm -hmm. so then you end up having a conversation with someone from blizzard a representative from blizzard who would help you through their problems right mm -hmm. so they would help you through your problems so case in point uh laws ended up doing something that got him out of phase out of world of warcraft and he couldn't see any npcs he couldn't see any enemies or anything like this and he reached out to them and said like oh yeah in order to do this uh to, to get fixed you have to go to this location and talk to the quest giver blah 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 and he had to walk there like it took him oh god two hours to actually walk there jeez because because the game, like, it just completely bugged out. He couldn't mount. He couldn't, you know, so he did that. He got there, and lo and behold, the character was out of phase with him as well. So he couldn't actually do it. He, he was stuck. So he messaged the person back and said, like, you know, nope, no good. I can't do it. And then the person basically said, right, log off. Um, what's it called? We'll message you in... The, the Blizzard Battle.net client, which I've already shown. Mm -hmm. I, I can't yeah. remember when I showed it. But, you know, and, like, basically, he the, the guy had to reset Loz back into the normal world. He had to go into the database and edit it and so on and so forth. And then after, like, oh, I think it was, I, I don't know, it was like 30 minutes, I think, he Loz got a message back saying, right, you're now safe to come back into, into World of Warcraft. And then Bob's your uncle. But the point was, he was talking to them in game. If I was Digital Extremes, I would have mimicked the same service. I would have gone, okay, I need help. I don't know what I'm doing, what have you. This could be um, a community-driven thing. And literally, uh, when a request has been put through, a, a ticket pops up, so like a dialogue window pops up, and then you can start messaging them. You can have a, a dialogue. Window. But this could be done mid-mission. This could be done in the Lisette, it could be done in Relay, it could be done, you know, anywhere mm. in-game. And that's one of the big things. If people want help in a game and they don't know what they're doing, they're not going to know that they have to go to one specific location in all of the star chart to get that help. Mm -hmm. So, the nail on the head with yeah. That. Yeah, no, like, that is, it, it's a way better system. That's like mm -hmm. the, being able to like ha hit it up wherever, and even like the battle that that client that you can go out of the game and still be in contact. That's a great system too, and yep. a, a chat a, a chat like system because I, I assume it was more like a chat like system fired about the net launcher. I think that's also way better than having support tickets and going around with emails, which take a long time. 
Yeah. But that brings me to the question, and I think that this is also a fundamental question about the the entire topic that we're talking about. But how is it important enough, or how, or how important is it to like the 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 to be new fra- new player or casual player friendly for digital extremes to create a team like this or to 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 fix up an experience like this because yes you could have that be man 24 hours 24 hours a day seven days a week like world of warcraft may or may not have had it but most likely you'd want that so that any player that will hit up help will get help within a reasonable span of time so you would have to deploy a large amount of manpower like not insane but you'd need a bunch of people but if we have 50 million players which would be like a lot of investment into just helping out players, not developing new things, not 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 creating strategies, not moving the game forward, but just sustaining the player base that is asking questions. So it's a huge investment, and we've been talking about this for about an hour about the new player, returning player experience. So, how important is it actually? Is it does it is it that important that it warrants it? Oh, why you ask such a difficult question, man. <laughs> right. I think it is quite important. A lot of people argue that Endgame needs a lot of TLC, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want Endgame to have TLC. I want, you know, if you've watched this before, you know I'm an advocate for... You know, a carrot at the end of 16 waves of uh, ESO. You know, mm-hmm. ev- everyone knows I want a goal to strive towards. Even if I fall, I want to be able to try again and try again and try again. Because if I have all the carrots, you know, the sticks are meaningless to me. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but, and I hate to say this, I love you all, right? Cool. Uh, cold daylight right you are you know you're not in this list because you are a newer player you're still playing the game you know pre the sacrifice pre all this all this cool stuff i love you all but we are a minority right we are a vocal minority there's nothing wrong with that but the majority of the player base is not MR27 or even 25 or even the majority of the player base is in the tens right because a lot of the players they start playing they find the grind and then they either pay up or they stop so you need to incentivize them Arcwing right Railjack Planes of Eidolon the other one I can't remember the name of or Valis Fortuna Right, you know, the sacrifice, the um, second dream, the war within, that was for us. That was amazing stuff for us. And we got rewarded. Yeah, we got rewarded for the patience that we waited to get this glorious endgame stuff. But our endgame keeps moving. Right, Eidolons, that was for us. Right, Rapa Dopalopalist, the Ropa Dopalist. Mm-hmm. Right, that. Uh, I'd actually argue is more for the new player, even though it's gated behind the Chimera prologue. Yeah? 
there, there are so many systems within the game that are targeted to new and mid-level players rather than endgame players. And I have zero issue with this. I think it's important, but I still have my desires. So, when you're talking about the majority of players is with it is towards that mastering 10 range, which I, like... I don't have the statistics, but it's very, very believable because there's only a few players that really push forward to the Mastering 27s. We've talked a lot about the new player stuff, like the new player experience, the tutorial experience, the understanding experience of mods, of quests, of moving beyond Earth. Is it... If we're talking about this group of casual and returning players, there is a difference between solely new player content and general learning general learning content in the sense of having a better help system, having a better codex. Do you think it's very do you think there's a lot of worth in just focusing on new new players? On having the quests that link to each other and having the mod system be pop-ups that are very directly explained? Or should the focus be more towards general things that can help out uh, also casual players that, that are Mastering 10? Because I think there is a clear, there, there's a distinct difference between a returning player of Mastering 8 or your friend Cypher and someone who just started the game. And helping someone who just started the game might very well not help Cypher at all because he doesn't do the new Force Press quest. <laughs> Why do you make this hard? <laughs> um... <sighs> it's... It's a bit mental because... I do think that there are some things they could change towards making the new player experience better. Have they changed anything for the new player experience in a while? No, not at all. We had Vor's Prize and then they, they've barely made any additions, right? You know, we don't need players to be flooded with messages on the Star Trek. Hey, the, um, oh God, the Acolytes are available or, you know, they don't need to like, I saw Steve streams from when he was streaming, what was it, like a year ago, maybe two mm -hmm. years ago, and he highlighted some really key concerns for the new player experience. We've highlighted some here. I think now is the time to adjust the new player experience to accommodate them, because hell, I remember the relatively scathing review from PC Gamer about Fortuna. They, they sang praises of the Plains of Eidolon, but they wrote quite a scathing review with regards to Fortuna. And it's pretty much the same content. Well, that might be the problem of, its, of itself, because I thought Fortuna... Going, going quickly on the Fortuna thing, I thought Fortuna was what I expected Planes of Eidolon to be. It was yep. a better version of the Planes of Eidolon. However, yep. you cannot make something better, just take 
Planes Flying Out make it better and then expect the same praise because Planes Flying Out was something new, completely new. I want to know... Yeah, go ahead. I, I, don't, I don't mean to jump on this, mm-hmm. but I feel it needs to. The, the shocking thing to me is that the, the, the criticisms that they were throwing at digital extremes for the Fortuna release was along the lines of they have gated access to Gara, right? They gated access to Garuda, which was worse because you had to go out and get resources from the rest of the star chart, right? I think you're mixing Garuda... them up because Garuda huh? are like, like their criticisms no, no, no. of I... Fortuna were... Yeah, the, the criticisms are of Fortuna. That Garuda right? was too hard to get. Yes, right? Yeah. But you Gara had the same... Gara was worse. Yeah, you mix him up, right? Okay, yeah. But it's like... But, like, you know, so getting Gara's resources and the rest of Star Chart, you know, people didn't know how to do that. But they sung praises about how amazing Planes of Eidolon was. Like, because it was revolutionary. Mm-hmm. So it was... It highlights that uh, PC Gamer only looked at the bare skin of Planes of Eidolon, not looking at the nitty-gritty part of it. And then it wasn't until they saw, oh, that here's here's the stuff that we the nitty-gritty that we looked at before, and there's some extra layers of icing on this. Oh that icing is behind a pay not a paywall, you know, um a, a gated time wall. That's not fair. You know, and it was only until that sort of stuff happened that they started to write this scathing review, which is not fair. You can't say one thing is worse than the other when they're exactly the same. Or in some cases, planes, sorry, Fortune is better than the bloody planes of Eidolon. Well, I I wonder a little bit about that because I agree if they're the same thing and if the one is better than the other, then you would expect the same thing, the same praise at the same time. Let's say that... Let's say that a hypothetical uh, revolutionary phone company were to release a new phone, which is a brand new design and a brand new model, then that phone would get a lot of praise. Let's say that this hypothetical company would come around the next year on their on their on their on their keynote event, and then would release a new phone, which is just the exact same phone with a few updated specs and an S to the name then, well, sometimes the reviews are the same, but a lot of critical people will be, well, it's not it's not really, like, the same stuff. It's not better. It's not yeah. better. It's it's kind of the same with a little improvement. So I can see that. And what I wonder about is, yes, we are we are the no-livers in Warframe, so we'll say that, well, did you see about, did you see about the spiders? Did you see about, did you see about if you go around, you can scan things, and then that makes a story. But is that what PC gamers should be looking at? Because where is kind of the 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 breaking point where you need to focus everything on? Where should players like like the majority of the player base be piqued in their interest so they go on? And this is also a general question about the rest of Warframe. Going back to like the new player, like improving the new player to like MR10 experience where should we where should the focus be on should it be on what pixel uh, mentioned the the new player quest rework 
is that the pivoting point where people are like, oh, well, this sucks. Let me quit the game. Or I don't understand anything. Let me quit the game. Is that when they're like in when they're done with it and then they need to go on? Is that the pivoting point? Is that the most important point? Or should we look for, well, maybe when they rank up their first Warframe? Or one of my concerns, like one of the things that I almost quit Warframe over was when I got two Warframes and I wanted to get a third and I saw it was slots and I had to buy Platinum and I was like, oh, so it's a paid game, which it wasn't. I figured out for trading, but that was for me almost a pivoting point. So where is the the most important point? What is like the most important point where the focus should be on to keep as many players as possible interested in the game? I don't think it's necessarily at the very start of the game, but I don't like I don't like like I think that you can kind of screw up in your opening quest because people will cut you some slack. But I don't think it's it's towards mastering ten because that's a big difference. So where where should it be that you can help the most players and should them like help them out and improve the most? If if you had to choose somewhere, well, I I know where I would choose it, but if you had to choose somewhere to be the the best place to help out players, right? You could be as vague as uh, yeah, just you know, where would you choose? I would choose when they rank up their first. Um, Warframe and gear set, like like as when when they get to rank thirty with their first loadout, because I can understand regardless of whether I understand the game at all, the enemy skill rather well. Even if you don't put mods on your on your gear, you can kill still kill enemies and will gradually become harder, and you will see your levels go up, and that makes sense. But when they hit rank thirty, you're like, what do we do now? And I think that. Even without the quest telling you that a new quest is coming, I think that that is like, yeah, I can still rank up those levels, but once the levels hit 30 and I can't move on, I think that's a really important moment to like let me know that there is more. So, from the sounds of it, you would want, <laughs> I want to say effectively the Microsoft paperclip to highlight to you, you can do this, you can do that, you know, when at the appropriate time, right? Or in this case, it would just be orders. Personally, I would rather ease people from Vor's Prize into doing something else. Because right now, there is nothing. As soon as you finish Vor's Prize, deadpan stop. What the F are you supposed to do? Right? You've got no idea. Yeah? And that is a huge I I agree I suppose discouragement yeah, it's, from actually continuing it is once Force Pride ends like, like we, we, we talked about at the start it just kills it like you've done your narrative where do you go and I think that's an important point that should be improved however I think that if you change Force Pride you only change it for the players that aren't yet playing and we were when no we're, I I I don't mean to change Vor's Prize. Vor's Prize as it is, is fine, right? It's just after Vor's well, Prize, when you finish Vor's Prize. Even, even if you finish Vor's Prize at like the end of it, it's only, mm -hmm. for, it's, it's only for the players that aren't playing yet or the players that are now in the middle of Vor's Prize and decide to like quit the game halfway and then we throw in the patch. So that means that we're only targeting this Mastering server range and we have the Mastering 1 to 9 that are still affected by this problem of Warframe, 
of this new player casual experience for which we won't fix anything. And it's like, I'm not suggest I'm not saying that we should not fix force price, but where is the most important thing? And I think that having something, well, you brought up the, the, the clippy idea as, as orders, but even like, like I wasn't necessarily thinking about that, but even something like that, if that would be in there, once you reach a certain point in the game, then that might be helpful and accessible to to players like actually there we go epic 7 again i have never talked about this game so much but what that game just put in the patch when i was gone and now there is this night wave system in a sense where you get rewards and there are tasks to do so it's like there, there there's like a little navigation thing that will go around everything it's like do this mission do this mission then rank up this hero then then equip a piece of equipment then rank up the piece of equipment do this mission do this mission and it doesn't matter where you are in the game like i was already like rather ahead in the game but i still got those things and i could do them and i would get rewards out of them the rewards were pretty nice and i actually went ahead and did that and yes that is then targeted on that range of players that are just finishing the game no 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 just starting the game finishing is an entirely different thing but it also helps the majority of the players that that is struggling between master rank well one and ten that range where and that's something that i'm a little bit yeah like i agree but i don't know whether that's the most important point no i i i concur i do think that there needs to be some changes on how stuff is handled i think maybe subtler changes like the proposed list like the clippy version of Ordis where he jumps in and explains things like hey look there's a quest over there go do it um i think maybe perhaps things i really i have high hopes for railjack to be a system that truly incentivizes players across the entire spectrum from starting to MR27 to really be able to jump into the game and get a lot more of experience because I'm honestly concerned. I'm genuinely worried about how many people can be on a railjack. Is a railjack just a glorified arc set, right? You know, I'm I don't know how they're planning on doing the integration. All I've heard are these stories of Steve in a park wearing um, a yeah a, a, yeah a, a straw hat and a flute, basically saying that he wants to make the immersion so that there is no loading of screens. And I totally get that. That's cool. That is super duper cool. But at the same time, is it going to be done right? So. One of my main concerns with Railjack is you were mentioning saying that I hope that Railjack is delivered something across all the bases for new players to end game players. I'm really wondering whether that is something that's even possible because over the last two years we've seen Planes of Eidolon and Fortuna and I feel that both of them try to do that same thing, offer something for new players and offer something for end game players. And what I think that the result of that was is that in my anecdotal experience, 
so take that with a grain of salt, is that the end game players that I've spoken to, they feel it's new player content. They're like, well, it's not hard. I just run through it. Within a week, I'm done. Yeah. I don't really know. Maybe funny to, to hunt, but it's not it's not impactful. I still feel left out. I still feel they don't really care about endgame players. And then new players are still stuck in the dark. How do I get to use my arc ring in, for, in, in Planes of Eidolon? Nobody knows. Fortuna. Uh, one of the great things about one of the interesting things about Fortuna, Jin the Saiyan, who plays on Xbox, came to PC, and he can't finish the Fortuna quest, the start quest, because number one, it's a solo quest, and it gets a little bit tough. And if you only have the broken mods, you're gonna kind of have to rank up both yeah. both things, like like you have to rank up your gear and have to get have some mods in order to do that first quest. And otherwise, you can't go into Fortuna. So, it's not good for new players it's not great it's not well it's not great for new players it's not great for endgame players and what you see then is that two years in a row you have this thing which is for across the board where even though they try to serve everyone it's kind of okay even though they put a lot of work into it so I'm, I'm i'm really worried if railjack is gonna be made on the same idea yes i would love it to be concerning everything but like there's not been a really great track record and how will they be able to do that how will they be able to make something really gripping that is a great new player experience but also a great end game player experience I don't know did you just put the camera back on me yeah okay cool now I have to say stuff right should I say <sighs> stuff I mean no 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 no, no it's fucking sweet so I if <laughs> had this been five to ten years ago if someone was to ask me how could they do so what company in game devs could actually do this who could pull it off i would have said blizzard mm -hmm. now obviously there's the bitterness in me blizzard has gone the way of the dodo um if anyone was to ask me what company could do it today i honestly think it's digital extremes they are more considerate towards producing a piece of art than you know pushing out the next call of duty they want to make sure that what the players get in their hands is an enjoyable viable gameplay experience right I think this is the whole reason why we haven't had the Kingpin system. Because they had a design, they built it, they tried it, they didn't like it, they didn't release it. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So, I have faith that D have been working at Railjack since Steve came up with the concept. Like, I think... Um, God, I feel he came up with the concept back in 2016. Was that when... That was when um, Planes of Eidolon was announced, wasn't it? Uh, 2017, I think. 2016 was the fair first time and we had the war within, and then 2017 was the announcement of Planes of Eidolon. Yeah, but... Uh, no, I think 2016 was the announcement of Planes of Eidolon. No, 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 no. Get... 2016 was the announcement. No, no, of the it war. was. It was. No, it wasn't because, because I went. I, hold up. I, I can prove this. I can prove this. 
We're gonna we're gonna look this up. Alright. Look this up. So my very up. first Tenocon, my very first Tenocon was at was twenty seventeen. My, well, actually, my, let's say my very first Tenocon was the Tenocon where Planes of Ireland was announced. So, if I have my card here, you, let's you see. You literally just said that. It was 2016. 2017. That This was my very first Tenocon. I've only been to two Tenocons. My very first Tenocon was 2017. That's my very first one. So, what did they announce in War Within? 2016? War Within. They didn't announce War Within 2016 because um, they announced War Within at the beginning of January that year. What was the big announcement? I don't know. You were there. That was their very first Cinecon. That's a mess here. I, I read. So they released. Um, what's it called? Planes of Eidolon in. Three, uh, four months after announcement. Yeah. I really don't think so. No, they did. Because they, they had a playable demo. It was announced in July and they released July. in November. And the same thing they did with Fortuna. October. They announced it. No, no, what's, yeah, it was, a, it was released in October. It was announced in July. It was released in October. And then Fortuna was announced in July and released in November. That's how it went. It definitely was the war within on 2016. Because I Damn remember the being there when they announced for a place final, and no one knew what it was. Tenocon 2017. No, 16. Um. Was it just a generic thing? I, I, I can't remember, man. I really can't remember. I could have sworn they announced it on 2016. Um, yeah, I, I have it here. I have it here. So uh, remember like when we talked about the the, um, the thing, the death stream overhyping stream? I made this yeah. list of from the September 2016, yeah, yeah, what yeah. they did. So then we have... Tenno Life on the 8th of July of 2017, Deathstream 95 that was, Cetus uh, mm -hmm. Plus, Planes of Eidolon, Hydrate Prime, and Sacrifice. That was on... So what, what was that? So on what date was that? That was 8th of July 2017. So that was Tenno Life. They announced... So what what, what did they announce 2016? Cetus and the plane. Uh, I don't have 2016 here. Let me let me go open. Okay. Tenocon... It was the 116. War Within teaser. Hi, yeah, um, it was literally just the War Within teaser. Here, news. Tenocon 2016. They did a Q&A, I think, at that time. Hi, yeah, um, so it was... Uh, Nova Deluxe, Necros Prime, Tigress Prime, Galatine Prime, Titan uh, sorry, Titania, the 100 Days of Warframe mashed animation, and the War Within teaser. That, yeah. That's all they did. I am I yep, yeah, you're right, I'm wrong. So I what was I saying? Words. Uh, words. Yeah. So anyway, we're gonna have to see Oh that. sorry, yes. Yeah. Sorry, the whole point was that Steve was working the yeah, this is this is what the point got to. 
Steve was working on the flying stuff since 2017, the ship stuff, because he was experimenting with it on a live stream, actually going into like a um, a ship and then going out of it and piloting the ship and then going back into it. And he was playing around with this. So Railjack has been effectively in the works since 2017, right? Mm-hmm. So they've obviously been trying it. They've been experimenting with it, and they're deciding, "Oh, yep, yeah, this is going to work. Let's get out of the bo- um, out the door." And they decided that last year. So you know, they obviously spent a year on it. So when it came to the Kingpin system, they had spent a chunk of time developing it. Didn't like it, and then they just dropped it. They let it fall by the wayside. That was one. Yeah. All right. So. Poorly executed. I think, <laughs> I think that we're we've kind of gone off rails a little bit with the with the rail jack. I really hope that you're right because like I'm, like I remember seeing. I think that I think they showed up like a concept around that time for like the rail jack ship, which we have now, rail jack, and they spend a year on it. And who knows how long until it's actually released? So, good hopes for rail jack. I I wish I wish it's gonna, it's gonna be the best thing it can it can possibly be. Because that would be the best for all of us. But bringing it back to kind of like the closing of our question here, we've looked into how Warframe could be more new player friendly, casual player friendly. I think we've gone over the gradual, uh, the gradual introduction of things, like letting people know that the next quest is coming up, that there is something they have to somewhere they have to go to do a next quest. Letting people know that they might have to use an amp, like introducing them to amps way before you actually have to use them in something like a sacrifice. We've talked about force price, having our force price abruptly ends and having nothing to do is a problem. The mod system, how it's really hard to get information. You're linked to the outside, outside of the game is a bit of a problem. But aside from all those things that the game could be improved, do you think that as it stands right now, the question of the like the, the, the title of of this podcast is is Warframe new player and casual player friendly? Do you think that it is or isn't or anywhere on that scale and if so why? I certainly think it's on the scale and I certainly think it uh, it leans towards yes, but for only one major fact the fact that the community is so damn awesome the fact that the community wants to help other players and things like that they see a low mr player they'll do their dandest to make sure that they know what they're doing because they want to a make sure warframe stays alive and b make sure that they get the best experience they can so for that reason alone Yes, I think Warframe is new player and casual player friendly. No, it's new player friendly. I wouldn't necessarily say it's casual player friendly because without the time synced into getting your amp, into getting the best weapons, things like the sacrifice and stuff you can struggle with, much like Cypher and Victus did. Alright, I, I can see that. I would agree that it's on the on the scale i would say that it tips towards no depending on whether you're a gamer or a player like based on your definitions i think that it's on it, it tips towards the yes if you're a gamer so if you're interested 
if you're completely new to this game, you're kind of interested to getting more information about it and learning about it and like kind of seeking out this information, you can find a community. And with seeking out information, I don't necessarily mean going to the wiki, but I mean putting a question, putting a question in chat. That's that's what I would call seeking out information because you have to take the initiative, and you can. I think it tips to the yes if you're a gamer, but if you're a player, I think it tips towards to no. And as an example, if I pick up Call of Duty, if I pick up Overwatch, if I pick up Fortnite, I jump in, I play right away, and there is a little bit of a tutorial, but it makes sense. And like the the way that you adapt the the information, the way that it's thrown at you, you throw it at someone like. Did those games you can put forward to someone if you're at a party they've never seen it before they can grab it they start playing with it. Warframe is more complex, and I think that in order for it be, for for it to be like new player and casual new player and player friendly like new player not new gamer but new player friendly, it needs to be able to pick up to to be picked up especially at the start. By someone, by like your mate at a party, where it's like, "What are you playing? Oh, I'm playing Warframe. Oh, can I try it? Yeah, sure. Here, good new account. Go play it." And then they like pick it up and like within within like half an hour, they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, I like this. I can see myself becoming ninja in Warframe." It's like that's not really the case. I think that there tips a little bit towards no, but it's on a scale. So it's not an entire full no. I think it's like kind of like halfway there. It's like if you're a gamer, yes, like it tips towards yes. If you're not, like, if you're like a player, by those definitions, no. So it's like 50-50. Damn. Yeah, you, you're kind of right. Like, I think I would say yes for the player because I'm involved, right? If I see a friend of mine struggling to do the sacrifice, I will advise them. I will you know, tell them this is the best thing to do. I remember Loz and I had an argument about, you know, how to get a... What's it? Dang. Uh, an amp for them to you know get um, an easier time doing the sacrifice so I think yes you're right if if they're but the big thing about the players is that they won't necessarily seek out assistance mm -hmm. you know like I wouldn't have thought Cypher or Cthulhu would turn around and ask for help it's more a case of i'm there they've asked to play with me or i'm video editing and i'm there in a group chat and i can assist right mm -hmm. so i'm i'm more prepared to jump for them and help them to make sure that they have the best experience than them seeking so i kind of i'm now tipping towards the no side of things yeah all right so, I think it's it, it's going to be questions time. So, if you guys have any questions, I've already seen that you've asked people around. But if you guys have any questions, leave them here. They can be related to the topic or not at all, whatever you want to ask. But before we jump into the questions, uh, there is a special announcement that we have to make because today, about an hour before before the start, before they put this podcast started, or a day before, or four days before, depending on where you watch this. If you watch this as a highlight, it was like four days ago. If it was, if you watch this on the YouTube, it's like yesterday. Joey Sarah released a weekly Warframe finale show with an amazing lore segment by uh, your Casino and um, a little, little, little 
shitty video, but mine. And um, a lot of uh, a lot of Joey and uh, Sandy stuff. A great cinematic thing from Sandy and Joey. So make sure you check it out because it's like thirty hour thirty minutes of insanely goodness. It's the finale of the Joey's Air Weekly Warframe Show. Make sure you check it out because it's really really cool and I like it. So question time. Okay, so the first question is Quakeman two two four asks uh, the junction missions to go to the planets. Could those be reworked to be more understood? Oh shoot! Sorry. Um, could you ask the question? Be right back. All right. So, Oxino's off to probably get some food. Um, the question, the the question is: the junction missions to go to the planets. Could those be reworked to be more understood for the players, or or are those not good enough to help the player? I think that the junction missions are an interesting thing. Like they. Their intent is to give players some requirements before they progress. So they have to do this one thing to pass. I think that they serve that in a sense. I think that their introduction, like the way that they're fused with the story, is a little bit weird. Because... All of a sudden, you have this like this one random tower, this one random node where you have to go to and you have to click on it, and then there is like a warframe, and I don't know what that warframe is. I don't know what that specter is, and I need to do challenges. And I have to fight it, but what does it mean? I think that the way that it could be improved massively is if you were to have this this kind of like quest icon that I was talking about before. If you have like a quest icon within that we, that you have within Destiny that kind of like moves you towards planet. Let's say that's on it's on Uranus because that's where the second dream is. Like you know you have to go there. But then there's this story of whatever the story is behind the specters that you're like liberating planets or you're moving past planets. Like why are you doing those junctions? What is the purpose of completing them? Why should you go towards them? Because seeing a junction and seeing them with with like requirements, I think because there's no real motivation as to do them other than progressing through the planets. Like if I'm on Earth and I see like the, the requirements on Earth, I don't know necessarily know what they're on Earth, but like if I see the requirements, but I don't know why I'm doing it, it's like, well, I could do it, but I could also go to the planes and I'll just stick around the planes and I will never do the second dream. So I think that the way to improve them Yes, they do serve the function of like giving the list, and I think that's alright. Like they, they give some requirements you can't progress unless you do them. But I think that there needs to be like a little bit, little bit more of like a narrative as to why you're doing them, like motivate people a little bit more as to like nudge them towards them. Like, hey, what's what's going on here? Check this out. Like you kind of do it, and like make people feel good about doing it because right now you're defeating a specter. And I don't even know what the specters are and why they're like our warframes and why we're fighting them and why they're hostile towards us and anything about them. I concur. As you know, to be fair, technically we do know the the law entry, but no, I, I the the junctions on their own are not good enough. They need supporting systems, right? So I completely agree with what Michelle just said. Right? Shall we move on to the next question? Yep. So Nathus, uh, sorry, Nathus uh, asks, would you enjoy going back? to try the new player experience again yourself. I know Xeno uh, kind of has with the Switch. So uh, this is obviously directed to Alright, so... Um, I've done it one and a half years ago when I started both on the Xbox One and the PlayStation at the same time. I thought it was fun to relive it. 
especially for Sparrow, like, oh my god, this is so new, and oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm colored Excalibur. I got no mods. It's so fun. However, it also made me realize things as how easy, how hard it is to get uh, get around to mods, and how nice it is to have all the mods. So I think it's a very good learning experience. It was for me. I wouldn't do it again. Right now, without them having changed something, without them having changed systems, like like big systems than when I did like did it for the last time I wouldn't do it because like it's a lot of time into replaying the game and I've done it like three times or so so yeah I've, I've, I've had my share I've had my share if you're like a veteran player don't you kind of like if you're a no lifer if you're a warframe no lifer and you're like oh my god new players have it easy go try out the new player experience go start up a new account like, like there are some things that you will learn to appreciate a lot so what do you have there? What kind of good food? Twin socks and prawns. Alright, let me see if there's uh, there's another question around here. Do, do, do. Let me see. To be honest, I went back to play um, Warframe's starting game content only because I was uncertain of you know, playing that early content again. Mm -hmm. I felt that because it's been years since I've played it, there's a huge disconnect between me and the newer players. That's why I started playing it. Playing it again. Zachimus asks, question, uh, I have a question, can I have a bite? No. Ah, <laughs> uh, not even if they, not even when they say please? I mean, they haven't said please. Well, so. well. You gotta say please if you want something. But yeah, I think that those are uh, no. those are the questions for today. That's the podcast for today. So yeah, I guess thank you so much for uh, for tuning in again this week. If you want to check out the podcast on any other way than that you're listening for it right now, we are live every week on Tuesday, which such as today at 7.30 European time on Twitch of the Show Post Map. Highlights will be up on Friday on youtube.com slash casinogeleon. Tomorrow, this will be live on youtube.com slash games, And we are moving to bring this podcast also. The Framecast will be also live on various podcast programs like Google Podcasts and iTunes and Spotify. I'll let you know when that's all done, but I've been trying to like bring it out there. So if you, if you, if you like to... Put this on your headphones while you're running around or while you're cycling or while you're in your car getting to work without having YouTube open or Twitch open. We're working on that too. But make sure you're at Casino on YouTube.com. Casino getting on. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys 